1: Episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from the lakers fast break pop culture cosmos game source and inside sports fantasy football thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs a lot of stuff going on around the world but for lakers fans i'll tell you what it was definitely a great weekend with not only one but two major statements made out to the nba that the lakers are for real that they shouldn't be an afterthought in this three-team race that a lot of people are talking about when concerns the Bucs, the Clippers, and the Lakers, and how the Lakers were a distant number three. Everybody was on the the side of the Clippers and thought they were so good. And you know what? They are a great team. Let's get that out of the way right now. They've got a very, very good roster. So is the Bucs. The way that Giannis Antetokounmpo can take over a game their three-point shooting, both those teams have got a lot to be proud of. But you know what? This weekend, the Lakers have got a lot to be proud of too because they proved without a shadow of doubt that they are here and they're here to stay. And if they play like they did this past weekend on both Friday and Sunday, it could be a championship season for the Lakers indeed. And here to talk with me today about this and a whole lot more is my good friend, I know him as Tom Wong, But you know him as the man behind Lakerholics.net. You got to catch it today and be part of the conversation at Lakerholics.net. Here today, adjusting his microphone as we speak, right here, right on the audio. And I do apologize for that. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I I think I can safely say you are definitely a happy man.
0: Boy, it's hard to keep a smile uh, from breaking my face, Gerald. I was listening this morning to a couple of other podcasts and uh, everybody's so excited, you know, and I'm just taking my little morning three-mile hike, and, and uh, I don't think I stopped smiling the entire time, just talking Lakers and listening to everything that's happening. Um, I think the Lakers threw the gauntlet down to the rest of the NBA and said, if you want a championship, you got to go through here. And I think LeBron James threw the gauntlet down to Giannis and to Kawhi saying, if you think you're going to take the crown away from me, you got another thing coming.
1: Absolutely. There was a statement that was definitively made by the Lakers this weekend. Can I thank everyone for joining us? I want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to our stations, including RTF Sports Network, where we're on every Tuesday night at 9. So check us out there, rtfsportsnetwork.com. Plus, also as well, the Discovery Community Network, we're on there as well. Can I thank both those stations enough for being on? Plus, if you get a chance, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. and we cannot thank you enough for listening if you're listening on your podcast app as well. Just cannot thank you enough for doing that. It was a great statement by the Lakers that was made this past weekend. Let's go with Milwaukee first because that was something that I think a lot of people were gearing up for as a possible finals outlet. You know, I, I just say this, that the way they went ahead and isolated Kumpo in that second half and made it so much more difficult to for him to go ahead and make his attempts, and drives to the basket and forced him to go ahead and make others try to go ahead and take the shots was truly an outstanding way to go ahead and and play against Giannis. I mean, it, it, you know, you don't have to have one person guarding Giannis. The way they trapped him, they made him work. Yes, at times there was Caruso, at times there was KCP, at times there was LeBron guarding a Tentacumpo. They threw different looks at him, but in all in all, there was a group effort to make others win the game for the Bucks, And unfortunately for them, But fortunately for us, it didn't happen.
0: You know, it's uh, two remarkable coaching jobs, I think, by Frank Vogel this weekend. And different strategies in both games. What really jumped out at me, though, is that I went back and looked at the NBA stats for the two games. The Lakers' defensive rating for those two games was 96.2. That's almost an unheard of rating in the league now when everybody's over 100 for their normal games. And a big part of that was LeBron James accepting the challenge. I remember at the start of the year, a lot of people were laughing when uh, Anthony Davis said that he challenged LeBron James to join him on the first team all defensive NBA team. There will be a terrible misjustice if LeBron James is not on the first team because he actually took the challenge when AD got into foul trouble against Giannis and basically did a terrific job guarding him. You saw over and over Giannis would drive down into the key, bump bump LeBron, try to shake him off so that he could go up and dunk the ball. And almost every time he ended up taking a fadeaway shot, uh, not attacking the rim, not getting into the basket, forcing to pass the ball outside, it was just all NBA defense by LeBron who showed that he's still not done as far as being one of the great defenders in the league. And we saw the same thing with the Clippers where Kawhi would dribble into the lane, bang on on LeBron. LeBron basically was a brick wall; he couldn't get through him. And to his credit, you know, uh, Kawhi always makes the smart play. And the smart play in those situations was to pass that ball out. LeBron basically was just fabulous in both games. AD came back in the second half of that game against the against Milwaukee, and basically had showed really that the Lakers have two All Stars. I think that was the story of the Milwaukee game. Two all stars are better than one all star. You know, two superstars are better than one superstar. Yeah,
1: you don't want to go all stars because I think Chris Middleton is an all star. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that.
0: Superstars is the term. Uh, yes. It was a two against one battle, and and Giannis, as good as, as great a player as it was, I think LeBron James has turned the conversation over the weekend as to who is the front runner for the MVP at this point in time.
1: You and I had both stated on our previous episode before these games even happened that we thought that LeBron was the MVP. For me, it was different reasoning. Um, For me, it was just the fact that LeBron is having such an incredible year and is so much older, and the different age difference. For me, that was the deciding factor. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know Giannis is having an insane uh, statistical per type format that you know it's not being approached by anyone at this point in time. And of course, this team is doing so well overall in the standings. But to me, it was the deciding factor was just the fact that in his 17th year, LeBron is playing such outstanding basketball, playing point guard for well, even though he's played point guard, quote unquote, essentially for most of his career, he's actually playing it officially for the first time in his career, and leading the league in assists for the first time in his career, and just doing so many things to help the Lakers. And the fact the Lakers have been so porous off the court, you know, with him off the court, I think that's probably to me the the reasons why I had him ahead of Giannis just by a little bit uh, in the MVP race for me. I I just, you know, he got reaffirmed for me this past weekend, you know, where LeBron stands as far as the MVP is concerned. And wouldn't you know, all the analysts who were predicting and, and solidified Giannis as the MVP kind of change their tune a little bit they're kind of leaning towards lebron they're kind of talking about lebron more they're kind of saying maybe well maybe hold on a second lebron should be the uh, mvp and yeah that's great that, that the tides are turning also on the lakers as well oh wait a second it may not be the clippers milwaukee after all oh, you know what the <laughs> lakers do you know we you have you know what listening to certain individuals out there Bill Simmons go from oh well I think the Lakers are now the favorite to go you know he wasn't saying that you know, right. a, you know it's not a short time period ago but you know what it it is just great to see as far as LeBron on the first team defense he can play at that level you saw it this past weekend he hasn't been playing it all year because he he has he has increased his output at times but there have been other times I've told you where you know he plays the the worst man that's out there and he'll like be 10 feet off, and the guy shoots a three-pointer or whatnot. So his overall rating goes, dips down. So I'm sure people look at the defense. Load management, man. Yeah, load, load management. management. That, that is load management, but it also takes away a little bit from right. that. But when you see him turn it on, on both ends of the floor, he could turn it on like nobody else.
0: Yep. There was an interesting comment by Simmons that I thought was just wonderful. He said he came to the four. He came to the uh, Staples Center expecting the fan mixed. To be 50% Clippers fans and 50% Lakers fans. He said it was 70-30 Lakers fans to Clippers fans in a Clippers home game. It is a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable performance by LeBron James. But it wasn't a it wasn't a one-man game. And what really what really stands out is that the Lakers shot for those two games 26% from deep. That's right. Just absolutely 33 shots. 33 shots per game in order to just, yeah, you just basically have to take threes because you got to make a certain number of threes exactly. to just pay in the game. But they were
1: awful from the three point line, but still managed the to. Difference, but the difference
0: was you got to remember analytics is three components free throws, layups, and three point shots. That's right. And the Lakers went to the free throw line like crazy. They were among the top teams in the league in those two games for going to the line. And James, who's only shooting a little under 70% for the season. Canned 12 out of 15 and 12 out of 14 shots from the line. AD did as normal, always hitting 10 of 12 and so forth.
1: And, and that's the thing I wanted to ask you about is that AD, Anthony Davis, was such a tremendous part of this, both wins, because he stepped up to the plate and showed people why he is a great 1A to LeBron's one and how the fact that, you know, LeBron hasn't had this. You know, for, since Dwayne Wade, LeBron hasn't had this type of dynamic player. I mean, you could say Kyrie Irving, but Kyrie Irving, I don't know. Was he truly at this level where a- AD is at? Can he Could no. he affect the game? I mean, late in the game as a penetrator, as someone who could create his own shot, Kyrie Irving, you got to give him his props. Incredible player yeah. doing that. But well, that's could one you... side of the
0: ball only. Yeah, exactly.
1: One the side. Of the... Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I was going to say, that you on both sides of the ball. Can he affect the game as well as Anthony Davis? No, he can't. I mean, I go back to Dwayne Wade as someone who is comparable in that sense. As far as he still had for LeBron a teammate that could go ahead and do that. And just to see the type of dynamic those two create when those two are playing well, it is truly great to see that you don't necessarily need a three, but you do need like a two and a half. And that's what they got. Well, they got a three from Avery Bradley who played outstanding, but in the Milwaukee game, they didn't have that one person that else besides AD and LeBron to truly do that, you know, take over the game or, or give them that, that really great impetus. It was a collective effort on them in the Milwaukee game. Nobody really did outstanding, but nobody did really porous in the Milwaukee game. So I I give a lot of credit to Frank Vogel for trying to find that mix and, And, you know, uh, finding it enough to where he had Markeith Morris in there. He had Kyle Kuzma in there for badges. He did have Rajon Rondo for badges. And, uh, you know, in the Milwaukee game, there was a much shorter time span that he was in. And Caruso was in a lot more. In the Sunday game, I noticed he was giving him a much longer, you know, a time frame that was out there because of the fact that, you know, he he was not good for two-thirds of that game. But there was a period of time at the end of the third quarter that, okay, finally he's going to go ahead and his, his patience with Rondo paid off. Rondo did produce in the last part, the two, three-minute stretch where he was truly valuable. But again, it took a long time and a lot of patience for before that could happen. Caruso and also as well Dwight Howard did not play in the second half, which I was surprised to see, but it worked out very well because then you force. A.D., Anthony Davis, to be in the five spot at center. And you also go ahead and have a different dynamic with Markeith Morris playing stretches. But Kyle Kuzma, how about Kyle Kuzma? Couldn't hit a three to save his life, but he affected the, the game in so many positive ways. And dare I say he played some of the best defense on the team
0: overall? He was spectacular. in, a, in a, I mean, he led the team in rebounding with 10 rebounds, three offensive boards. But the thing that most impressed me, just like you were saying, Gerald, is the defense that he played. I mean, there were several times when he was matched up. I mean, there were several times he was matched up with Lou Williams and basically made Lou Williams take bad shots. Over and over, He they kept trying to isolate Guzman off on the wing. And over and over, he had beautiful footwork, kept his position, stayed in front of his defender, uh, stayed in front of the guy he was defending. It was a spectacular performance. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.
1: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where...
0: Promoted, and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics.
1: That's the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse every week on Apple Podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming
0: and podcasting options. It's a funny thing when you look at when you look at these two games. I think a big part of it you have to give credit to Frank Vogel. In the first game, the big difference with these two games than the rest of this Laker season has been that when LeBron went to the bench, the Lakers actually came out and played extremely well. And that's always been our Achilles heel all season long, that our net rating was actually at one point negative when AD was on the floor and LeBron was off.
1: And I'll say this, and I'll say this, at first it looked like it, because I was going to text (laughs) you and send you a message, excuse me, via Twitter that said, Rondo in, lead gone. You know,
0: because oh, that's the part was where screaming he screaming at him in the, the first half, the first half of the game yesterday, I was just, my wife was just like beside me. She says, Tom, come on. The neighbors are going to start complaining because I was just really screaming epithets of Rondo and get him out of there, Frank, get him out of there.
1: But anyway, he was, a, <laughs> he was a detriment because at the you know, he got in there and the Lakers, they, they lost their lead with him in there. But to his credit, Came that two to three minute stretch where he was in there and he made some smart choices yep. to help them get them back in the game. I'm not sure I'm really willing to go ahead and endure this rubber band syndrome <laughs> that we have when it comes to Rondo. Wait to see how long he can go ahead and have it well, be bad until tear that-
0: and it's not going to go away, Gerald. Yeah, uh, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel does – and here's – He, he trusts trust him. He it's trusts him because – It's hard for fans like us who look at the game and look at the analytics and they see the eye test and the analytics are both telling you, get that guy out of there. But the reality is, is that what we don't know, and this really is important if you've ever played the game at any sort of competitive level, whether it's a rec level or a college, there is something about the trust that the players who play with him have. And when he is going well, Rondo can impact the game. And he came in in and, and that stretch, and, and we really performed well. I think you go back to, you, you just look at the performances. It's interesting. There were, there were some big changes in, this, in, in these two games because we didn't see a whole lot of JaVale McGee. We didn't see a whole lot of Dwight Howard. And in a certain respect, we didn't see a whole lot of uh, Alex Caruso. And Caruso and Howard had horrible... Horrible net ratings for the game yesterday They were in the 40s and 50s. They just did not make an impact at all in the game. And you look at the – one of the things that really stood out to me in the Clippers game is the five best net ratings that we had were the five guys who started the game. LeBron, AD, Danny – even though Danny Green looked like he wasn't there, man, great net rating, part of it because he was along with the other guys who were doing well.
1: Well, he was in there just for –
0: Avery Bradley, just terrific, you know, and and uh, and then you you look at contributions across the board, you know. I mean, Marquis Morris played some center. We played twenty nine. We played sixty percent of the forty eight minutes against the Clippers with Ad at center or Morris at center, and those lineups paid off. I mean, remember our arguments about who was the better Morris? Well, yesterday there was no question about it. Marquise contributed four points, had a positive net rating, got some rebounds, played excellent defense, and Marcus basically couldn't hit the side of a barn. The only break Marcus got all day was in the bad foul, bad charging call. that should have been called charging on him in that play where he went into LeBron. And I go back to the same thing I was saying then. He may Marcus may be the better player of the two of them, but for what the Lakers need and the, the role that they have to play, Marquise is the perfect fit because he could play the five, he's, he's got that extra weight that, that his brother doesn't have, a little bit of height, and so forth, and he's just a perfect fit for what the Lakers need. It's going to be interesting seeing Frank only played nine players in the second half of the game, and we've been talking a lot on the previous podcasts of how are you going to take a 12-player rotation and, and you know, 11-player rotation with Dion Waiters coming in and somehow turn that into a nine-man rotation, which is usually the most that anybody plays in the finals. And definitely as you go into the playoffs, they're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to narrow it down and thin out the players and make sure you get enough time for the guys who are in there to really get comfortable with their game and, and to play. So Vogel started that in the second half, and I was really pleased to see that. I think that we'll have some load management the rest of the season because the Lakers are pretty locked up. Uh, the one thing that could change, though, is the best record overall because the Lakers are now only two games behind in the loss column. But several the wins points.
1: behind. Let's just put that in context here. I mean, they're behind. I do
0: about the wins. The loss uh, column is all that's going to count at the well, end. But
1: that's all the games. You know, you talk about load management, the games. Well, First off, the next time the Lakers and Clippers play, it's not going to mean as much. The Lakers made a definitive it's statement better. today. Back to back to back. That is correct. So the fact is that, this had to be the game the Lakers needed to win yep. against the Clippers. This had to be the game that the Lakers needed to win against the Bucks, And, and they, they did. did so. And they did. And because, like I said, it's back-to-back-to-back to back to back in late, in early April when the Lakers and Clippers next meet. And you could expect load management to be the theme of that game most likely. Both
0: teams will probably play second-string lineups, man.
1: At, there's a very good possibility of that. And if the Lakers, you talked about getting possibly the best record overall, I would steer the brakes on that. Because, again, you're talking about, yes, you're only two games back in the loss column, but you're four games back in win column. So they have to go ahead and make up those games. And I don't want them to go ahead to the point where they're making it even more on themselves. They have to go ahead and start thinking about load managing at some point in time. Like you said, they have to go ahead and start giving LeBron and AD more rest, or at least, like, for instance, Caruso with his hamstring and some other nagging injuries on the team. I think it has to be addressed, and if that means losing a game or two, I'm I'm all for it. I I think at this point in time, you know where you stand against Milwaukee. You know where you stand against the Clippers. You made your statement this past weekend. Whether or not you win the overall, you know, best record in the NBA – that to me is irregardless uh, of the point that you're trying to make. is that you can match up with these teams and in a seven game series, all bets are off on who's going to be the favorite because it could be anyone's turn and anybody who out there who doesn't think the Lakers could win needs to check out what happened this past Friday and Sunday to
0: ensure for you that the Lakers have
1: every bit of chance to take it all the way to an NBA title.
0: Well, it's, it's there's a couple of factors there that I think really do play into the game first the Lakers sort of showed you exactly what happened to Giannis in the meaning he's a guy who has to get to the basket to really be effective. He didn't shoot for five out of eight three-pointers like he did in the one meeting and the only time he did during the entire year against the Lakers so that they would win that game. So he, he basically got to a point where he couldn't get his shot. He couldn't get his normal shot inside of the, inside of the paint, inside of the restricted area. And you saw him missing key shots as he went down the stretch. And that's what happened to them in the playoffs last year. That's why they didn't make the finals. So I think that there's – you don't have to assume – I don't assume that they're going to be the team coming out of the East. Frankly, I think that the the Celtics and the Raptors both have a chance to upset them going into it. Then you add another factor in there, which is there's going to be one more game that Giannis doesn't play – And then he gets evaluated again as to whether or not they want to do anything about the problem he's got with his knee. So there's a chance he could miss two or three more games. And I don't think the other thing is that the Lakers have shown that they can do load management and still win against sub-500 teams. So I'm I'm not ready to give in on this whole thought that the Lakers might end up with home court advantage all the way through the playoffs. Um, if you have a chance to get that, that's something you want to have in your back pocket because the finals could swing. I mean, the the Bucks if they show up or the Celtics, if they show up playing against the Clippers is a whole different thing because they're every game's a home game for the Lakers, frankly. But when you play against the Eastern Conference teams and you got to travel out there and you're playing at a different time zone in the morning and so forth, those home court advantages could be really critical. So I think that the Lakers will still keep their eye on it. I don't think they're going to take their – I don't think that they're going to do load management to the extent that they're going to accept losses. I think that instead they're going to figure that we're deep enough so that we can cover getting LeBron some time off and getting AD some time off, getting anybody who needs it some time off. And and I think they're also going to be doing some playing around with seeing how what happens with waiters and so forth. So I think that that's still an open issue that that there's still a chance. Uh, There's still, you know, what do you got, 20 games left in the season? A lot can happen in 20 games, and if Giannis is really injured and misses five or six of those games, because the Bucs aren't going to take a chance. They have an eight-and-a-half-game lead. They're not worried about the home court advantage against the Lakers. They want to get to the finals, because they need to get to the finals in order to make sure that Giannis signs some sort of contract with them. If they don't make it to the finals, he is gone. He is not going to stay again. And he won't sign a super max this summer unless they get to the finals. They can get to the finals and lose, and I think still keep him. But if they don't get to the finals, it'll be because other teams are taking him down and they don't even get to the level that they need to. So I think that's still up in the air as to whether or not the Lakers will pursue getting the best record. It a lot will depend upon Giannis and whether or not the Bucks are able to survive without him. They have a good record without him, but they also lost the second game in a row after losing to the Lakers. And so that's a disappointing outcome for a team like that, who was supposedly so good when they didn't have Giannis. They were like, I think, 7-1 and or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see on that whole issue.
1: Well, Kumpo, he did tweak his knee in the Friday game against the Lakers. It's been reported that he'll sit out two games. But like you said, they have such a large advantage in the overall conference standings that it would be wise to you know just keep them out even longer than that maybe they a week or the,
0: they also have the tiebreaker against us because the tiebreaker when you split the series is the division record and obviously we have the clippers in our division so we've lost two games there already they they have only one loss in their division we've lost to the clippers and i think we lost another some other one other team i don't That's i God. never look at the division standings at all because they, they're meaningless except in the tiebreaker situation. I guess so,
1: yes. But it it was a great weekend for the Lakers. Rest assured that a lot of people right now are changing their tune or modifying it to at least a less defensive stance than they were this time. You mean mean a less anti-Lakers stance? Is that what you're trying to say, Gerald? Pretty much that's (laughs) out there. Or individuals out there, those pundits or fans out there who were so defensive against LeBron, so defensive against the Lakers, that we're just a two-trick pony and we're not going to get it done in the playoffs. I'm not saying that you have to say that the Lakers are the favorites in the NBA, but Vegas says they are. And Vegas says they were even before those games. So...
0: Well but we got a lot of Laker fans who like to bet on their home team man. and that's true that and it does f- f- that has to affect the odds in Vegas
1: it does and it does spike up the odds a bit here everybody knows that that's why you don't bet I mean, the they, Lakers they in must the- count
0: on they must count on us as that extra revenue point you yes
1: know? well well that was the old joke here in Vegas that's why you don't bet the Lakers in the over because so many people go ahead and bet on the Lakers and it it and, and raises up the point spread for each and every game yep. so there was really hard for the Lakers to cover the spread each and every time but I will say this. There is a reason why the Lakers are thought of in that context, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are modifying their tune. It's saying, you know what? The Lakers do have a chance. I know the Lakers have a chance. We knew it beforehand and now we know it now. I
0: just, I think that the, I think well, that the favorite, I just saw the, uh, the athletic just came out with their power rankings. Lakers first time in the athletic power rankings. Number one team.
1: Now, that's the athletic. ESPN still has him number two. And it's funny, number one. Who do you
0: think? Milwaukee. Milwaukee?
1: Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) He scored 18
0: straight points in Milwaukee to go from nine points down to nine points up and basically seal that game.
1: Well, you know, like I said, it's something that, uh, you know, is up for debate at this point in time. I mean, it is swaying the opinion. They
0: have not seen playoff LeBron yet.
1: No, we haven't, and that's what we're hoping for. We're just at this point in time. That's why I'm not as as firm on them going after the best record in the NBA is because of the fact you have to keep LeBron and AD healthy, and you try to get them as much rest as you can. And in doing so, the overall record may suffer. I didn't say it will. I just said it may. And especially that you know early you know April, back to back to back. Yes, it's against Golden State. Yes, it's against Chicago. And yes, it's against the Clippers, most likely also doing their own load management. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener. Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your Weed.
0: Whoa. From the underground.
1: But still, at some point in time, those three, I was
0: talking to somebody yesterday and I said, unless unless Milwaukee unless we have shot at catching Milwaukee, yeah not care about those games. And exactly. The, the, there, it's, We'd it's, throw it's, one of those one or two of those games away for nothing at, at any possibility. I
1: mean I, I told I was telling this individual that it could be ser- seriously a point where the Lakers give up two of those three games just because of the fact that they're going to be doing their own loan management. It all depends yeah. on one month from now. Where are they in retrospect to where they are against the Milwaukee in the standings? If they're right there with them, then that changes things a little bit, I'm sure, for LeBron. But if it's not, if they're like three games behind or whatnot, then you know what? Right. They're not going to do it.
0: Yeah, they, the, Lakers, the Lakers have one goal championship.
1: Absolutely. All of the other
0: goals don't matter. And so you know they're, they're they'll look for their position and so forth. I'm hoping that the Clippers stay in the number two slot because that's basically where you want them, so that you can both match up in the NBA in the real NBA Finals, which will be the Lakers Clippers, the Staples Center well, Finals. Well, <laughs> I'm sure, a lot of Milwaukee seven fans games don't at home. That. I mean, that's wonderful. Yes, it is wonderful. Seven home games with more fans than the Clippers.
1: I don't see the Clippers falling below three at this point in time. Yeah. I know Utah is surging. Their season has just been all over the place, and they're surging right now. They're now in fourth, uh, but they could easily overtake Denver in third, and if they stay on their hot streak, could actually even overtake the Clippers in second, but it's still going to be quite a distance, and I think uh, pretty much they
0: They're not in the class of the Clippers.
1: No, they're not in the class of the Clippers, but you know the Clippers get that mode where they just don't care they either sit out guys or they just get to the point where they just don't care if second they have a
0: second or third, doesn't matter. That keeps them out of the Lakers. Bracket. Yeah. Right. I, think
1: that's, I think that's all that they're worried about. Just whether second yeah. or third doesn't matter where they're just going to go ahead and they're a talented enough team where they can defeat anybody, anywhere, just like the Lakers can. And it doesn't yeah, matter they where do it as
0: consistently as the Lakers do. That's no,
1: the- no. But the thing is they were up until yes, uh, until yesterday's game. They were 10-0. I'm just going to put out the records. As a full unit, they were 10-0 and, and are looking a lot better. They had oppressive victories against Denver wow. at home. Doc, and Doc at Rivers,
0: says Rivers says you're wrong about that because they still haven't played with uh, the guy they signed, the center. Noah, that's right. Well, Noah. Yeah. What, what's yeah, okay we, Noah? we still haven't played at full force because we don't have Noah. He's not really signed for the rest of the year. He's signed to a 10-day contract.
1: Yeah, well, Joe Kim Noah, I don't see him playing crunch time in a playoff game, yeah, so no, you'll forgive me. Lie. Yes, those days are are long gone for him for the most part. I mean, there was a reason why he was not picked over Dwight Howard earlier yeah. this season for the Lakers, so I will just put it at
0: that. But well, it will be is- interesting to see how Waiters affects – because the Waiters could really help the Lakers. He really could. Well, I, know if he- I know both of us have joked off and on, about Waiters Island and being stranded on Waiters Island and, and all of those types of things. But he has one talent that the Lakers don't have, and that is the ability to get his own shot. And then you still hear these rumors that the Lakers are still looking at other possibilities, which really amazes me. When you look and saw how little Caruso played and and you start to think about these situations... It's 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 an interesting thing that this playoff basketball is a whole different world than regular season basketball. The strategy that is involved and the the dynamics of playing the same team over and over and the back and forth and all of the adjustments that the coaches make, that the players make, and and the narrowing of the, the narrowing of the rotations down to seven to nine guys can really can really just change the dynamic entirely. So we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. I, you know, I, I think no matter how few guys we get, we're going to get Rondo. I think we both have to be prepared for that and just hope that we get the right Rondo, you know, the playoff Rondo rather than the dumbbell Rondo that just can't do what he used to do.
1: Uh, hey, if Lance Stevenson can find his way back into the league <laughs> as he just got picked up by Indiana, you never know what the Lakers can still try and scour the airwaves yeah. for when it concerns – we might,
0: we might still be JR Smith in purple and gold. Who knows? Well, you know, then it comes to the question,
1: J.R. Smith or Jared Dudley? Uh, which one would you carry? I don't know. Uh, I mean, hey, that's, that's, You
0: know, somebody, uh, uh, one of the guys at the blog brought up this point that if you go back and look, every single time Dudley's been stuck in the lineup, he's answered the bell, man. The numbers all say that. The okay, do, you, all say do you want that. him
1: in the crunch time of a seventh-game series? Or do you want him in the third quarter?
0: You know, I might want you're... him better than Jr. Smith, to be honest with you.
1: Well, yeah, Jr. Smith. Uh... Jr.
0: hasn't played in a in over a year, man. Yeah, J., yeah. Jr. Smith memes
1: aside, I I just don't think it should be messed with anymore. It's, well, despite the fact that I think Jr. Smith, even at this point, is a better player, right? Than Jared Dudley, I just don't think it's worth it at this point. Yeah, I don't.
0: Ago. I don't think they're going to do anything, but. I mean, when Shams sends out the rumor that they're still looking, it's you know they're still looking. You know, I mean, well, Shams
1: is always trying to beat Adrian Wojanowski at something. His, his former mentor, you know, he's yeah. always trying to get the upper hand on him. So it's it's the well, student
0: trying to he, teach the master. The Lakers have shut the Lakers have shut Woj out completely now. At this point, he has no inside track to the Lakers at all. He, he stops comp, sending out tweets
1: on that. Yeah, I, I believe me, I hear you on that, but. Yeah.
0: I do want to, again, thank everybody
1: listening on the RTF Sports Network. Check us out there, if you haven't already, at the rtfsportsnetwork.com. Every Tuesday night at 9, plus also the Discover Community Network. Or if you get a chance, please send us your reviews, five-star reviews, if you can, on any podcast outlet you can, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you do, we truly appreciate it. If you have any questions for us at lakers fast break on twitter or lakers fast break at yahoo.com it's just been a great weekend you know even if you just want to go ahead and tell us how great the lakers are because we know how great they are Uh, if you want to tell us how great they are please go ahead and do that but also as well there's a great place to go for all your interesting and entertaining thoughts on the lakers and that is lakerholics.net so before we head on out my friend i'm going to give you about five of those ten minutes What's going on with the folks at Lakerholics.net?
0: Well, everybody's pretty ecstatic about the performance of the Lakers, that's for sure. A lot of positive comments about Kuzma and about how his defense has really turned it around, his defense and rebounding. He's shooting 29% from three, so it's like a poor guy cannot buy a three, even a corner three.
1: Anybody talk about his hair color changing?
0: (laughs) There's been a few comments about that, but uh, mostly just about the game, mostly just about his game.
1: Fair enough. And and you know what? Outside of shooting, it's been very good. Very
0: Yeah. Good. No, it's uh, his. Listen, the, the problem always with the coups before was that. If he's not shooting, he, he never has done any of the other stuff well enough. So if he's not shooting and making those shots, then it's like, what are you giving us? Was, however, now all of a sudden he's, he's singing a different tune. And uh, I remember I remember getting into a discussion with some of the guys on the blog about Dudley mentoring Kuzma you know and, and my comment was you know sarcastically with just, well if that's the best Dudley can do mentoring Kuzma then you know what what are you saying about that um, and then the, the com the comebacks were several people saying well listen you know his rebounds has improved his playmaking has improved and his defense has improved and so maybe that's the thing that and that's probably what Dudley is telling him that you know listen don't worry about your shot. You have to contribute in other areas. You have to be an all-around player if you really want to stick with the team. And if you want to get a contract in free agency, you definitely have to have to show more than you're doing now. You don't want to leave your whole career relying upon whether or not your three-point shot is hitting or not. You need to develop in other areas. And I have to say that that's a big sign for the Lakers that Kuzma is developing in the other areas, and he showed. And that that's one of the things that, that, that I think has, has changed a lot. We didn't see a whole lot of those three guard lineups that we usually see and there's been a lot of talk on the site about how the addition of Mar- of Mar- of, Mar- of Morris has allowed Kuzma to move to the 3 which is a better position for him both defensively and offensively and the combination of having Markeef and 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 Kuzma has allowed us to be bigger and to play bigger. You know, it's an interesting thing. It's small ball is one thing, but small ball with three guards it's a total different thing from small ball, where you got a whole bunch of guys that are all six eight and lining up against five guys that are that height and so forth. So I think that uh, Kuzma has has really been a bright light. You know, it's it's something that in the playoffs, the one thing you know about Kuz is he's going to take the shot. He'll take the shot, even though he may not be confident he's going to make it. He's still not fearful of the moment, as some guys are. So I think that that's a big plus and, and, you know, and we've got a versatile lineup and we got some added depth. Now I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that waiters, and and I like the way that they're going about, uh, there's been a lot of discussion about waiters and, and some positive comments on the blog about people who think that, well, listen, you know, you got to trust the judgment of your personnel, people, your front office and your scouts who basically have looked at all around the league at who they can get, because, I think Markeith Morris has proven that he's going to play minutes. He fits a need that the Lakers have size-wise uh, and, and also for a lot more uh, playing with AD and, and Morris at the five, uh, especially against the tougher teams. You know, it, it's, hard, it's hard to play, you know, especially the Bucs, for example, and the Clippers. And the Bucs, basically, if you go with Markeith or AD at the five, all of a sudden you take Brooke Lopez off the floor. Because he's he can't he's not going to guard his whole thing is protecting the rim and and using drop coverages every time there's a pick and roll he's not going to come out more than five feet from the rim. Well, what are you going to do when you're covering Marquise Morris or Anthony Davis out at the five? Davis has been shooting over forty percent for the last since the first of the year from deep, and Marquise is shooting forty percent from deep. So there's a the changes that have been made by the office by the front office by Palinka have been excellent. I'm hoping that they'll come through the same way with respect to uh, Deion Waiters. And I'm hoping that we'll he'll see some action in the playoffs. It'll be an interesting mix. I think we'll see nine guys. I think we'll see a nine-man rotation, but it may be a different nine guys. The last two guys may be different depending upon who we match up against and and how the last game went.
1: Well, it will be interesting indeed as we see the Lakers progress and how much, you know, especially the emotions and things of that nature, this week we'll see if there was an effect by it because, you know, they do start off against Brooklyn in the home game, which they should win. But, again, it could be one of those trap games where, you know, the Lakers are just emotionally spent and it's just hard getting up again for another team. So, you know, maybe a little bit sluggish in that first half, but watch out in the second half if the Lakers go ahead and recover because, I see a little bit of a, a slow point because you just can't come off of those two emotional victories and not affect you in some form or fashion. We've seen it so far from so many different teams. So expect maybe a little bit of sluggish first half against Brooklyn, but in the second half, look for them to pull it out. But again, it'll probably one of those closer than it should be type finishes, you know, against Brooklyn. But then we, on Thursday we have Houston and then after that on Sunday, Denver. So the schedule doesn't get too much easier because even after that, after we talk next week, there's a double back-to-back against Utah. Right. So, it, it, so right now, the schedule doesn't get much easier. But it is going to be something that the Lakers have proven already that they are willing to face up to the challenge. They're going to go ahead and play off against anybody that they can to make it happen. they've proved this weekend that they can match up against anybody. I mean, there was some question. Even our own, uh, you know, LakerHogs.net and and with you, with me, with TJ, with everybody who's appeared on the show, there was always a question on whether or not, what if the Lakers can't match up against the Clippers? They had
0: to to prove it this weekend against the Bucks and the Clippers, and they did. We'll be back with more of the Lakers
1: Fast Break Podcast. Get ready for Box Art, a gaming docu-series from Pyre Productions and Rob McCallum Films. If you love video games, chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades. In our series Box Art, we travel across North America to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time. What was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Just one of the many pop culture. Projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions.
0: One thing that really is hanging over everybody, I think, is the coronavirus situation. It's almost impossible to imagine, and I, and I can understand LeBron's comment that, well, hell, if there's no fans, I'm not going to play. Can you imagine a game we could be looking at the NBA playoffs with empty stadiums?
1: It could be a possibility. I mean, we're already seeing League games with empty stadiums already seeing a lot of things canceled events sporting events conventions you know major events that are out there that are being canceled south by southwest or whatnot obviously we've been talking about it on the pop culture cosmos quite a bit because it's affecting the movie industry which and the entertainment industry as a whole which you know analysts are now saying could be as much of a loss worldwide as five billion dollars or more at least two billion mm-hmm. in china alone so people are talking about that you know and it is something that's very serious and something that definitely the NBA is looking at and the memos are being passed out constantly. So they are closely monitoring the situation and are first and foremost with the, you know, looking at the players and the fans. health.
0: When did the playoffs start? Is it April 15th? Yeah. In in
1: that a little bit, a little bit after that, but yes, it's, it's going to be something that they're definitely going to have to look at.
0: We got a month. We got a month to find out how bad the situation gets with the coronavirus before the NBA playoffs start.
1: Absolutely. And we've got also another month before the NBA playoffs start to see where the Lakers' positioning's is at. But no doubt, my friend, there's no doubt about it now, the Lakers can match up and beat anybody that's on their way. And it's great to see. No more talk about how they can't beat the Bucks. Yep. No more talk about how they can't beat the Clippers.
0: They now have 20 wins against playoff teams more than any other team in the league, including the Clippers, Bucks, anybody else. Well, the Lakers proved definitely without a shadow of a doubt that they can compete. Anybody
1: out there, they have proved themselves to be a legitimate title contender. And if anybody out there has questions or wants to talk about how great they are, please, again, you can always send us a message at Lakers Fast Break or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or share it on the best place to go for the Lakers conversation, Lakerholics.net well Laker Tom it's been great talking to you as always my friend this week more than most I gotta tell you right now because of the outstanding performances from LeBron AD and the rest of the Lakers Frank Vogel gets a big pat in the back from us for the way he went ahead and and planned everything out for this past weekend and definitely the statement's been made my friend and the statement's been made loud and clear to the rest of the NBA Thanks so much for being a part of today's show, my friend. Always great to talk to you. Next week, we've got more to talk about right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.